listening to the Accord Research Alliance podcast, where we talk with innovators who are committed to measuring what matters in Christ-centered relief and development. I'm your host, Kristen Check, Program Evaluation Coordinator at Water Mission. And today on the podcast, I chat with Dr. Stephen Offit, Associate Professor of Development Studies at Asbury Theological Seminary. This intersection of violence and faith seems to be at the forefront of the minds of those people who are in churches. Uh, they're worried about what gangs are doing to them and their families. Um, and the multidimensional poverty indices usually don't take issues of security into account. At Asbury, Dr. Ovid specializes in faith-based international development, global Christianity, and sociology of religion. He's currently conducting research in Latin America on the intersection of faith, global poverty, and international development. Dr. Ovid is a long-standing member and supporter of the Accord Research Alliance, and I am thrilled to be speaking with him on this podcast today. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the focus on faith-based international development at Asbury and also about your own work in that area, um, specifically with regards to research and evaluation. But first I wanted to start by having you give our podcast audience just a brief introduction uh, to yourself. So, you know, what drew you to academia in Asbury and why are you interested in Christ-centered relief and development? Yeah, um, so kind of been something that's been developing slowly through the course of my life. I, um, I'm the son of a preacher man. Um, I went to the School for Advanced International Studies at the Johns Hopkins University um, and wanted to get a little bit more involved in uh, sort of poverty solutions. And actually went for the first part of uh, my time in El Salvador, which is where I went next, I was in the private sector. Uh, we were just doing some dot-com work and um, having fun uh, generating employment opportunities for people who were there uh, when there were these massive earthquakes that came through uh, and kind of ruined our business plan there. Um, but it turned out to be a situation where World Relief then came in to respond to earthquakes and asked me to be the country representative and the people I was working with in El Salvador form their local NGO. And it was a great experience. Uh, we had been personally touched by the earthquake, and we really felt compelled uh, to, to respond in that way. And then when we were working towards the end of the uh, relief phase of that, moving into development, uh, we were working in communities. And I knew enough about what was going on to know that I didn't really completely understand what was happening. Um, and so I thought, you know, I could use a little bit more schooling. Uh, to kind of figure some of these questions out. And that's when I went to do my doctoral work at Boston University. Uh, and I ended up studying uh, evangelical communities, both in South Africa and El Salvador, and how they were changing and how they were growing and the different priorities that they were starting to have um, with a background of always being concerned about this question of how evangelicals were involved in development. And so as I got to the end of my degree, uh, eventually this position at Asbury opened up. Uh, they had just decided that in their intercultural studies program, they should have a development studies track. Um, 
And so I was the first hire in their development studies track. I'm the development studies professor at Asbury now. So it's a great fit for me. I get to do uh, what I really feel my calling is in that context. Um, and I get to care deeply about things that uh, most or all the core member organizations care about. Wow, that's great. Yeah, thanks for sharing about your background. That's really diverse. I'd have to imagine having experiences in multicultural contexts has really probably shaped uh, your practice in a lot of ways. Yes, yes. I've come a long way from uh, thinking the way I did as a small town boy in uh, the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of changes in uh, my, my, my worldview as I've been influenced by people from around the world. Yeah, that's great. First, uh, let's kick off by talking a little bit more about Asbury. So what does the curriculum at Asbury Theological Seminary typically prepare students to do after they graduate? Yeah, so, so we are in a seminary, uh, and the, the biggest degree we offer is an MDiv degree. But I, I do teach a little bit in that, but what I'm going to talk about is our intercultural studies degree, um, because it's, it's a different area of the seminary. And that's where our, my main interest is. So what Asbury has done with the Development Studies program is it has embedded it in this larger program so that you get either a master's in intercultural studies or a PhD in intercultural studies, and then you have a development track. And the advantage of that is that it provides students with a broader range of training where people understand how theology is contextualized, it understands a history of missions that I think sort of evangelical relief and organizations are part of. Uh, and then in my classes specifically, uh, we do try to train people in skills and theories that are specifically related to uh, relief and development work, uh, as well as advocacy. So, um, so students will come out of our program uh, and they will, they will serve as traditional missionaries sometimes, uh, but they'll also serve in uh, community development organizations, um, and sometimes they'll serve in seminaries, uh, and sometimes they'll be professors because they'll have a PhD. Okay, great. And I know, I mean, uh, yourself and other folks from Asbury have been involved within the Accord Network and the Accord Research Alliance for quite some time. Uh, what are some ways that students from Asbury have traditionally or historically been involved within the Accord Network? So that's been one of the really exciting things the last couple of years for me, um, is to get students to come to uh, the Accord Network uh, conferences, and specifically the, the ARA. Our students are often international, um, and they've seen They've worked for, say, World Vision. They've done um, internships with World Relief. Uh, they've seen some of these organizations work on the ground, even if they're not part of them. And then they get to sort of breathe the same air as people who are working for these organizations and sometimes leading these organizations when they come to the Accord Network. Uh, and so it really allows them to understand from a different perspective what this group of organizations is all about. And, um, and we do have some, well, several of our students have never gotten to work for uh, faith and development organizations before. And so this is a first sort of slice of that reality. And it just changes the dynamic in class even. Uh, after they come to this conference, they can 
go back to their studies and go back to our classroom context and say, oh, that's what we're talking about. This is really the goal that we have in mind when we're studying, whether it's you know how to do uh, log frame analysis or if we're trying to think about, well, what is transformational development and Bryant Myers books or those kinds of things. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just a, a really wonderful opportunity for the students to get real world experience, uh, interact with you know, real life development workers. Yeah, that's great. That's great exposure for them, but also we love having them there too. And they're, you know, invigorating perspective, kind of having transcended in in a lot of instances, like you mentioned, both academia and working in the nonprofit sector. So thanks for that recap on Asbury. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the research project that you're working on now? Yeah, so I'm investigating the way that the faith intersects with both poverty and development. So the last couple of years, I've been able to look very explicitly at the intersection of poverty and faith. And I've been thinking about how faith is manifested in communities, both in local congregations, as well as beyond those congregational settings and actually in communities. And I've been trying to measure poverty using uh, you know, the multidimensional poverty index, things that the UN uh, would use to measure poverty, as well as uh, using measures that sociologists of religion would use to understand how faith is being exercised in these contexts. And it's been really interesting. Uh, one of the takeaways that I've had in El Salvador, where gangs are a very, very serious problem and violence is a very serious problem, interfamily violence. Um, this intersection of violence and faith seems to be at the forefront of the minds of those people who are in churches. Uh, they're worried about what gangs are doing to them and their families. Um, and the multidimensional poverty indices usually don't take issues of security into account. Uh, so one of the takeaways has been to say, hey, wait, uh, for the development community, we actually need to take security more seriously as we measure poverty. Security is definitely one of the ways that poverty is manifested in these communities. Um, but beyond that, uh, I'm looking at how local congregations are interacting with gangs, negotiating um, their both both their places in communities, and often being a place where gang members can leave gangs and come into particularly evangelical congregations. It's a it's one of the very few pathways out of gangs. Um, and that's um, not the only way that gangs and churches relate in these communities. Um, though those intersections are actually quite complicated and I'm, I've been spending some time trying to tease those out, but it is one of the ways that um, that churches are providing hope in these kinds of communities. Um, And then beyond that, uh, looking at development efforts, uh, we see accord member organizations in these communities and how they're ministering uh, in these contexts. We see the way that the faith of the local people are being influenced by those types of activities as well. Um, So I'm just on the front end of looking at faith and development, uh, having spent a lot of my efforts looking at the intersection of faith and poverty at this point. So some really exciting stuff. Yeah, that, that's really interesting, kind of pushing the boundaries of what's maybe traditionally been considered within uh, poverty indices. How do you 
or how can you speak to maybe doing research in a, a sensitive context like in a, in a gang environment? Yeah, so I'm pretty careful. Uh, so I will never be in those communities uh, by myself, not so much because I'm terribly concerned about my own security, but because uh, I just want to be identified with uh, people from the community and I want to sort of take my cues uh, from from those people. So I have a, I work with a local NGO there, the same one that worked with World Relief um, when I originally went there. I also am partnering with a couple of local pastors there. Um, and they help me understand what's going on in the community. They give me access uh, to places. Um, right now we're doing focus groups with women talking about interfamily violence. Um, and I've been told that, you know, I can't be in those groups and no men can be in those groups. So uh, we're, we're working with uh, local female leaders uh, and asking them to do the focus groups uh, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've just uh, really allowed us to see things that we otherwise wouldn't be able to see. Wow, that's really great. Yeah, we look forward to uh, seeing what you what you learn there. That's an interesting project for sure. So you and I are going to be doing a follow-up podcast on this topic later uh, in, a, in a couple months, probably early next year, but you just finished up the Accord Research Alliance survey project. So for those that weren't at the Spiritual Metrics and Research Intensive at the One Accord Forum this year and weren't privy to your pre- uh, presentation there, do you think you could give us a brief overview of the objectives of that project and maybe some of the results you're seeing already in the data? Sure, yeah. So it's been really fun to work on this. Um, so the genesis of this project was really uh, chatting with you and Rodney and thinking about how academics can be better connected to uh, the faith-based organizations in Accord um, and realizing that we didn't really know what the Accord member orgs needed from Christian academics. So we thought we'd ask. Um, and so it's been, it, we had 50 total responses representing 44 different organizations in our survey. Uh, and we have some really interesting initial data that tells us about how these organizations are networking as well as the research practices of these organizations. Um, so just maybe a few headline stats from that um, is that uh, a lot of the organizations are totally committed uh, to their faith position and their work in the name of Christ and in empowering churches and, and communities. That's not really a surprise. We know that that's what Accord is about a lot of the time. Um, we've learned a lot also about the, the way that organizations are practicing monitoring and evaluation, uh, things that they're doing things, some things that are challenging them. Um, and we've also found out a little bit about uh, the way they think about spiritual metrics. It just seems like that's a very uh, high priority right now for Accord member orgs to understand how to do that. Um, and I think they're very actively looking for the best ways uh, to measure the spiritual impact that they're having in communities. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, to, to learning more about what, what the data says and kind of uh, brainstorming really what we're going to do with this information to better serve our members. So stay tuned, everyone, for that. There's definitely more to come. Lots of exciting stuff. So thank you so much, Steve, for being here with me today on this podcast. Uh, can you tell people where they can find you online to learn more or connect with you? Sure. Um, I love uh, emailing with people. 
shoot me an email. Uh, my name, my email is Stephen with a ph dot offutt, o f f u t t at asburyseminary.edu. Perfect. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks for your time. everyone for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already and email us at ara at accordnetwork.org to send ideas about who we should talk to next or any other suggestions you may have for what we should unpack next on this podcast. As always, we will post show notes with links to resources mentioned in the podcast. Until next time.